0: Welcome to the podcast, Mind Matters. My name is Ann Sutherland, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor and program manager here in the Mental Health and Homelessness Division. This podcast is a part of the Mind Matters Behavioral Health Initiative, led by Orange County Government. Our goal in this series is to provide accurate, helpful, and relevant information about mental health concerns, and to share some strategies that you and your family can use to manage these challenges. We also want to spread the message loud and clear that experiencing mental health concerns, especially in the midst of COVID-19, is normal and we're in this together. Our guest today is Dr. Deborah Bidel, trustee chair, professor of psychology and medical education, and the executive director of UCF Restores. UCF Restores is a clinical research center and treatment clinic that is transforming the way post-traumatic stress disorder and other trauma-related concerns are understood, diagnosed, and treated. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Bidel to share with us a message about trauma and chronic stress.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Deborah Beidle, and I am the Executive Director of UCF Restores. UCF Restores is on the University of Central Florida campus, and we are a clinical research and treatment center that's dedicated to changing how we understand, diagnose, and treat trauma and post-traumatic stress disorder. I want to talk to you today about trauma and chronic stress and some things that you can do to help yourself during this time. I want to start by first acknowledging that we've been in a stressful year. 2020 was probably one of the most stressful years for the world that we've ever seen. Not only did we have the election of our lifetime, but we had a global pandemic. And all of the things that happened after the global pandemic have come together in 2021 to make us feel stressed and burned out. Think about this. Not only did we have to deal with the worry about catching a disease that had a high rate of killing people, but we had to adjust to working from home, to having our children go to school from home, from being socially isolated from people that we cared about, at least physically isolated, if not isolated over the internet. We also had to deal with all of those other stressors that might have come along if we lost our job if our spouse lost their job, if we lost our health insurance as a result of that, if we had trouble paying the rent. I want to talk to you about stress and chronic stress by giving you some examples. Think about some stressors that's like a daily hassle, right? So think about a minor car accident. Nobody was hurt. But you've got this dent in your car, you got to deal with the insurance, you don't have time to do what you have to do now, and now you've got this on top of it, right? So it's a hassle. It's something that irritates you, doesn't rise to the level of a trauma, but it's a hassle. Well, what happens is all of these daily hassles can build up to become something that is larger and becomes what we call chronic stress because it just doesn't go away. So in the event of a car accident, you know, you can you file the insurance papers, you get the adjuster comes, you get a claim, you wait for your car to be fixed. It's over. It's temporary. We've been dealing with stressors that have been going on for more than a year. I don't know about some of you, but when we had to go home and stop working at the office, I didn't even have a webcam in order to do Zoom calls and try and get a webcam in those first few days, right? We were all on a search for toilet paper because all of a sudden you couldn't find toilet paper at your favorite store. But those kind of hassles can start to build up. If you were an essential worker, you had to go to work, even though there's this raging pandemic. So lots of different ways that people had to try and cope with 2020. Well. I don't know about all of you, but my 2021 crystal ball has remained pretty cloudy. But the one thing I do know is that we're still dealing with the stressors that come from the the global pandemic and all of the other things that just occur naturally to us. I wanna talk about stress. When we think about stress, stress really has three parts of it when we think about how it affects our body. The first part is what we call a fight or flight response, right? So something bad happens, boom. All of a sudden, our body goes into what we call fight or flight mode. And what we have is this change in our hormone level that energizes us. We feel good, we feel like we can start to get everything done, everything is going well, and we're producing adrenaline. But when those stressors don't go away, When that chronic part continues, what happens is instead of dealing with the stress and overcoming the stress, that what we call an alarm reaction, we move into this resistance phase. So now instead of being in control of the stress, we're coping with the stress. We're trying to get along with the stress. We're trying to adapt the environment. But what happens is our body can't keep that fight or flight up For a long period of time. And so, what we find is our body starts to shut down. We have limited resources. Your resources are being depleted. The hormone levels are changing within your body until we finally get to the phase that we call exhaustion. And I think this is where a lot of us are right now. Our resources, both our body resources and in some cases our environmental resources, are becoming depleted. We can't maintain that normal functioning anymore. Maybe we're finding we're not working as well as we used to. Maybe we're finding that we're just exhausted all the time. All of this chronic stress can be doing some damage to our body. It can be changing our memory, By depleting some of the cells that we use to help us remember things, changing our attention level because we're exhausted and we can't focus as much. And we want to get out of this phase or at least deal with this phase as quickly as possible. In essence, what's happening when we get into this exhaustion phase is our trash can has overflowed. Think about your trash. think about anybody's trash for that matter, Uh, the trash you see on the street, you put things in the garbage can and you're dealing with them and you stuff them and you put in a little more and you stuff that, you put in a little more and you stuff it and you stuff it until finally there's no place to stuff it anymore and the trash can is overflowing. So not only is the trash in the can, it's alongside of the can, It's, it's dripping down over the can, that's the phase of exhaustion that I'm talking about when we talk about stress. Our trash can has overflowed, and we have to do something about it. So how do we know when our trash can is overflowed? Because quite frankly, we're all pretty bad at recognizing stress in ourselves. Good at recognizing it in other persons, but not so good in ourselves. The first biological sign of stress are changes in your sleep. You might find that you're having more trouble falling asleep or that you're waking up a lot in the middle of the night. You might find that you get up in the morning and you really can't do anything. You're still exhausted. I'm not talking about just an occasional night where you have trouble sleeping. I'm talking about a lot of nights where you have trouble sleeping. It's a biological sign your body is giving you that you're too stressed also think about other kinds of changes in your behavior or behavior of the people that you care about. You might find that you're suddenly calling off sick more at work because you just don't, you can't deal with it. You might find that either your performance or the performance of a coworker is suddenly decreasing. They used to be the best employee. They used to always get their work done on time and now they're not. You may find that you're avoiding certain types of jobs. You keep putting off the really hard ones because you just can't deal with it right now. You may find that either you're not interacting socially as much as you used to, or the people you love aren't interacting with you the way that they used to. Even if it's just over Zoom or FaceTime, you're not hearing from them as much. Your spouse is sitting on the couch and not talking anymore. You might find that there's more irritability or anger in your life. Either you're becoming that way, someone you love is becoming that way. You know, the kids are running on the hardwood floor and it used to be kind of annoying. Now you're screaming at them, stop running, right? Your behavior has changed. These things are irritating you, or someone is calling you irritable, or you're calling someone you love irritable. Stress overload, the trash can is overflowing. These behaviors don't mean that you've got a psychiatric condition or that you've got post-traumatic stress disorder, but they do mean that something is wrong. And let me give you one more sign that we found has become very common. Surveys of how people are dealing with COVID-19 indicate that in many cases, it's increased alcohol use. 88% of one sample found or reported that they were increasing their use of alcohol as a result of COVID 19 stressors, it's okay. We're trying to cope. But if you're getting to the point where you're driving under the influence or you're drinking a lot more or you feel drunk all the time, again, it's a problem. We have to deal with it. So, what can we do? How do we deal with this kind of overflowing trash can? One of the things we can do is some deep breathing. Deep breathing will not make the stressors go away, but it may relax us enough for a few minutes to deal with it. What I want you to do is to put one hand on your chest and one hand on your stomach, and I'm going to show you how to take a diaphragmatic breath, one that will help relax you. When we typically breathe, we breathe in and out from our chest. What we're going to do now is called diaphragmatic breathing, and we're going to breathe in and out from our diaphragm to get a really good, deep cleansing breath. When I count to five, I want you to breathe in so that the hand on your stomach moves and your stomach seems to expand, keeping the hand on your chest still. Don't breathe shallowly. Ready? Inhale. One, two, three, four, five. Exhale. One, two, three, four, five. Again, inhale. Exhale. Very good. You can do that in situations where you find yourself getting stressed. Traffic is really bad and you're going to be late for work. The kids are running in the hallway. Those kind of things give you a break. There's a really good app you can download to your phone. It's called Calm, C-A-L-M. Lots of good information in there. It will actually have a place where it will pace your breathing for you and help you breathe in and out, just like I said. It has relaxing music. It has wonderful relaxing sounds. It also has something called sleep stories that will help you go to sleep. I'm going to come back to some sleep hygiene tips in a moment, but... If you want something that's close by because we all have our phones close by check out the calm app another thing you can try is lavender oil or some scent of lavender we know now from some studies that lavender actually does make us feel calmer it changes our behavior just a little bit it slows us down it makes us feel a little less stressed so when you're feeling stressed, a couple of drops of lavender oil, either in the palms of your hands and you then inhale deeply, or scented soap, all of those things can help you relax in the moment. A third uh, technique that you can try is walking in nature. Now, I mean walking 15 to 20 minutes in a green environment, okay? not on the city streets. We know now that walking in nature not only decreases our stress level, but also improves our thinking. When we exercise, endorphins, a chemical in our brain, is released into our body. Endorphins are mood elevators. They make us feel better. Walking in that serene, green environment for about 15 to 20 minutes, actually can produce that biological, biochemical change in our body. It decreases our stress hormone levels and it has been shown to improve attention and concentration. So as part of your lunch break, take a 15 to 20 minute walk in a green environment if you can, to help decrease your stress. I wanna go back to sleep because many of us think we have good sleep habits but we don't. I want you to go to the National Sleep Foundation website if you're having trouble sleeping. They have wonderful sleep hygiene tips about how to make your room restful, how to not exercise right before you go to bed, how to not use those electronic devices to help you sleep. Your phone, the TV, your iPad, the computer, they all emit a blue wave light. We can't see it, but it's there. Blue light tells our body to wake up. So even though we may be trying to play on our phone to help us relax and go to sleep, that blue light is going into our eyes, back through our retina to our brain, and it's saying, wake up, wake up, wake up. If you need to relax to go to sleep, try reading a real book, not one that's on your device, a real book, paper, Um, listening to music, listening to some calming sounds that you can find on the Calm app or probably at other places on the internet, or anything else like a warm shower that will help you relax and go to sleep. The National Sleep Foundation has lots of tips But if you're having significant problems sleeping, put the electronic devices away. They really aren't helping you. One more thing about alcohol. Lots of people think they need or think they can use alcohol to help them go to sleep. I've been guilty of this myself when I'm on a red-eye flight. Oh, I'll have a couple glasses of wine and I'll go to sleep. Alcohol does not make you sleep. It makes you pass out when you pass out, you do not get the most restful phase of sleep. And that's the phase we call REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep. It's when you're dreaming. So when you pass out, you don't get REM sleep, you're not dreaming, and you wake up groggy in the morning. So again, no alcohol at least three hours before going to sleep. Alcohol has another problem if you use it to go to sleep, and that is it's a diuretic. So it's going to make you get up more to go to the bathroom. So stop the alcohol at least three hours before you go to sleep and try some of the other techniques that I've talked about to take care of yourself and your loved ones. Well, how can you support your family and friends during times of stress? First of all, Help them acknowledge that these stressors exist. We have to stop thinking of ourselves as better than all these stressors. We're all affected by it. And then promote an atmosphere where people can talk to you. You don't need to ask them, how are they feeling? Are you feeling traumatized? Just be open. How are you doing today? Reach out and touch some people. Let them tell you if they want to talk about something. Let them talk. Don't ask questions. Just listen. Be there for them. One of the things we know that helps people stop the act of suicide when they've decided to do it is social interaction. It's social contact and reaching out to someone else. I tell a story of my friend, a psychiatrist in Milan, in the worst part of Milan during the early parts of this pandemic. And she had to stay in the hospital in order to help take care of all the people who were coming in. And I messaged her on Facebook and said, what can I do for you? And she said, send me a little note every day. Send me a picture of your dog. Send me a song. Send me something so that I know that there are people who are out there and who are thinking about me. That's what we all can do. Reach out to people you haven't talked to in a while. Send them a little note, just thinking about you. Give them a call. You've been on my mind today. How are you doing? It may be the most important thing that happens to that person that day to get them through some really bad stress. The third thing is I want you and I want you to encourage everyone out to take time out for yourself and to reach out for help if you need it. We don't have to keep dealing with this without taking the time for self-care. Self-care is what's going to get us through this. So take the time, take your vacation time, shut off the computer when you're supposed to stop working. Don't feel that you can just keep going and keep going and keep going. None of us can. And the last thing I want to say is that We're all dealing with a lot of stress. We're going to be dealing with it probably for some time. But the one thing we've learned at UCF Restores is that people are strong and people are resilient. And if we reach out to other people and allow them to reach out to help, that's how we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this together, stronger and smarter with the knowledge that now we know what we can do to take care of ourselves and take care of other people. Thank you so much for listening. Send me an email if you want some more information and please take care of yourself and take care of those you love.